Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Sylvania Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. The Coterie faced some of the people they'd neglected in the wake of the massacre. At the station, Doris directed the panicking Teddy to the hospital, relieved the sleep-deprived Troy, and released her prisoner, though not before feeding off of him. Meanwhile, Val reviewed footage of Everett being taken, and decided she must find him soon. But can she find the Sheriff in time to salvage what is left of New Haven? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Everett, you find yourself uh, standing or laying beneath uh, Emily, um, who you haven't seen in some time, um, who is uh, standing over you wearing um, like much more sort of rugged outdoorsy outfits. Like she's definitely not as, uh, as <laughs> she's not wearing like the glamping outfit that uh, Simon Longfellow is wearing. Um, but this is definitely like, uh, you know, uh, Emily at a hunting retreat, Emily, which is weird. She's got like a puffy vest on. That's kind of like a, a bit ragged, um, wearing kind of much more, um, almost military, uh, clothing, um, underneath it. Uh, and it looks like she's been traveling, um, for a while. This is a, a more rough and tumble, uh, Emily than, than you're used to. Um, obviously not keeping up the same, uh, sort of need to be ready for an arts gala, uh, sure. S- skin regimes and everything else right, that she, right. she uh, normally did. Um, that said, uh, you never met, uh, only Iris met uh, Emily's uh, pack. So you wouldn't really necessarily recognize any of these people. You do see a, uh, a Ruby Rose or Charlie Theron in like old guard ish um, woman standing just over Emily's shoulder, uh, glowering, uh, like clearly doing that awkward thing where like ready to attack and then realizing Emily wasn't attacking. So in a really awkward, trying to look like a badass, well, like stepping out of an attack pose, um, kind of situation. Uh, Simon is not thrilled, uh, with this turn of events. And, um, you can only tell that, uh, sort of out of the corner of your eye, um, with just that, that slightest, slightest hint of a scowl, which, uh, is the equivalent of someone throwing like a full blown temper tantrum, I think in other, uh, in other circumstances. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you've been, you've been saved, uh, from having your chest crushed beneath his boot, uh, by Emily. Uh, you are still, however, uh, your spine is still broken and you're still pretty fucked up and your face is all full of, uh, tooth trenches, uh, which is not the best. Um, oh. but, uh, Emily is, uh, is standing over you. What do you do? What? <laughs> Let me just go over the long list of things I can do in my current state. Uh, I probably uh, am a little shocked to find Emily all the way out here. A, like out here, like in the woods, and then out here, like in fucking Alberta. Um, so I think, I, uh, what, what can you say? But just uh, Emily. 
Ah, yes, no. uh, Detective Fry. Um, it's uh, good and strange to see you. Also, are you okay? Um, and she just kind of like looks uh, around and I think suddenly realizes the magnitude of of just fucking like quarterback strong arming uh, Simon off of uh, off of you. And she just kind of turns um, and uh, <laughs> fills my lungs again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's left of your lungs. Yeah. Um, just kind of turns uh, to uh, uh, Simon and um, begins to say uh, her patented. I'm so sorry. When um, <laughs> Celine just like steps in front um and in in that like furious way only short people can be furious like throws her arms uh like, like across her chest um plants herself in like a really solid stance uh and uh just says if your clan still wants our help you'll just let that slide okay uh and his the slight hint of his frown gets a little bit deeper um and uh he just kind of scowls um says uh I expected this of you, but not of her. And he kind of flicks his eyes up over uh, Celine's shoulder to Emily and just says, control your mate. I don't need any more of this drama in this particular camp. There's more than enough going on without. And he brushes his jacket disdainfully and he says, all of whatever the hell this is. Um, And he kind of looks down to you and uh, says, we'll be seeing you very soon, child of Lilith. Um, and then he kind of like storms off in a like very polite, but also clearly very pissed off, uh, you know, uh, fancy restaurant manager storm off. Um, yeah. Ever <laughs> just raises in his voice like, I'll be here. Uh, there's a slight hitch in like almost a sideshow Bob stepping on a rake hitch in uh, Longfellow's uh, strides as you say that. Um, you get the sense he's a man who gets a lot of shit hurled at him and would like to respond to all of it, but doesn't. Um Emily uh, then turns to you and says, I- I'm so sorry uh, about all of that. Um, and Celine just like letting out a-, a deep, frustrated grunt from the depths of her soul. just being like, I've told you, you, you can't keep apologizing to people. It doesn't work like that. Um, and Emily just kind of like gives, gives her a-, a frustrated partner in a relationship glower <laughs> um, and uh, turns back to you and says, uh, you'll, uh, You'll have to excuse, um, Mr. Uh, Longfellow. Uh, the the kindred uh, attacks on on his pack have been uh, well, pr- particularly vicious, and I, I can fully understand why he would assume um, that uh, that uh, you, as as a kindred who, uh, as I understand, it, fell from the sky, uh, might might be involved. You're you're not you're not a you haven't joined uh, a Lilith, have you? You're not you're not part of. I guess I should have asked that before he took your his foot off your chest, Mr. No, Fry. No, no, no. Uh- Emily, uh, just the other night, I had it out with uh, the children of Lilith. Uh, oh. Killed what I thought was maybe their leader, but now seems more likely a uh, lieutenant of some kind or something. But Well, um, a win's a win, I, I, I suppose. Um, but yes, I think it would be uh, rather uh, odd and, and fortuitous if you'd managed to, to kill... Uh, their leader, um, as, as best we understand it, um, she's uh, still operating out of Russia. Uh, so unless she came to Montreal on business. Uh, on that note, why are you I, – I would offer to to move you, but I think it's probably best if we don't do that right now. I understand some of my pack may have been uh, a little rough with you on the way in here. I do apologize <laughs> uh, for that. Yeah. Uh, 
No, this ain't this ain't all them. Uh, a lot of this was the fall from a helicopter. Oh, oh, I see. Um, and uh, <laughs> what about Mister Beef? Did he did he survive the helicopter as well? He's back in Montreal. Oh, I see. Just so me report- out here. Ah, very good. Um, okay, well, um, I would offer you something, but we don't have anything you would want, I think. Uh, perhaps uh, we can make you a little bit more comfortable uh, in the meantime. Um, and uh, maybe you can tell me, uh, if you'll pardon the, the turn uh, from, from Mr. Beef, uh, what the fucking hell is going on, uh, Detective? I would love to do that, Emily. Uh and she leans down and gives you kind of an awkward, like one armed hug, um, and uh, says, uh, I "Nothing. <laughs> I know you don't." Um, but she just uh, just kind of uh, presses herself to you and just says, um, "Despite the circumstances, it is it's very good to see you." Uh, I, circumstances be damned, Emily. It is great to see you out here. Uh, and as, uh, the two of you embrace, uh, you both politely ignore, uh, the sharp sort of frustrated, disapproving hiss of breath, uh, you hear from Celine, uh, over both of your shoulders. Uh, meanwhile, uh, back in town, um, Evangeline, uh, you have arrived home, um, and, uh, to an empty house, but you've got a Percy with you. Uh, so that's pretty great. Um, what do you do when you get home? What's 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 your? And I mean, uh, understanding that Teddy isn't home, um, but I don't know yeah. if, if you're you're like getting home routine. Like I'm basically looking for because we already, we already saw this with with Doris and with with Val. But like, what's the equivalent of like walking in and like throwing your keys <laughs> on the counter uh, yeah. for Evangeline? What what time are we? What time of day are we at again, Tom? Um, it's uh, I mean, it's the evening. Um, yeah. you went to the it's 24 like the hour beginning of the evening. Still. Yeah. 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 So, okay. I mean, um, I think we established the walk home took you a, a little while, but yeah, it's yeah. still, it's earlier than later. It's still, I, let's say like probably like 11. Okay. 11 ish seems, seems kind of right to me. Um, you know, I, I've been kind of like carrying Percy just like, oh, like I picked him up definitely like towards the end of the walk and I've just been kind of carrying him. So I kind of set him down inside um, and look around and it's just like a, a big sigh and she goes to Percy's food and water dish, like refreshes the water, gives him a little like evening snack Uh and then just like he's fine you know he'll just like follow her around kind of at her heels um and she just goes upstairs just like as she's like walking upstairs to the bedroom just like stripping off her uniform just taking it and just throwing it wherever and walks into the bed like turns on the shower and just like sits down in the tub and just 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 sits so you know when you're just like those times when you're like in the shower and you just sit down because you just feel like such shit that you're just like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do this for a while yeah it's the (laughs) until i feel like getting up again yeah 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 so just fully done like yeah (laughs) we're done here yeah and she also you know she still has like blood on her and stuff Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. like you know 
feeding on like someone and like all of the other like trauma she's been through. Yeah, I think <laughs> Black that's a totally acre, like all over her. Yeah, you also were kidnapped like days ago. So yeah, so it's just that's a lot. Okay, yeah, I dig that. So, um, yeah, you you settle in. I don't think Teddy crosses your mind. He's probably just off doing Teddy stuff somewhere. He's fine. Um, it is incredibly nice uh, to be home, um, and you know, not under the sway of Lilith or being bitten by poisonous snakes uh, or mm. or any other such nonsense. Uh, so, I think, um, yeah, just a, a a true a true sense of of relief uh, kind of uh, rolls over you. Yeah, um, Laura, do you have any uh, any willpower uh, damage right now? No, I do not. Okay. Well, you could have got some back, but uh, you don't have any. So, uh, congratulations. You just feel real good. No. No, you can't have the other one. Only willpower. Um, cool. Okay. So, uh, so that's fine. So, you you, you settle in uh, and uh, you get a momentary reprieve, um, which honestly in, in this world of darkness is uh, is rather rare and, and rather nice. Um, meanwhile, um, Val, uh, you are headed back, I believe, to the, the police station. Mm-hmm. Time to go check in. Finally uh, back in Cherry. <laughs> I was about to say, what's uh, what's it like? Um, you know, your 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 home. Uh, mm-hmm. Your, you know, what's yeah. uh, how's how's that? What's that that feeling like for for Val after everything she's just been through to be able to just like fucking let loose? Also, it's nighttime, so you've got like clear roads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She, she's definitely screaming around corners and driving very fast and loud. And I think it, you said exactly right. It's her home, so it feels very grounding and and a, a place of quiet. Even though it's very loud and the music is very loud, it's it it quiets her innards. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she also would go in the glove box and just another pair of sunglasses so now she has her sunglasses back she's just driving how many pairs of sunglasses are in that so so many so many is this a matter of like every time you don't have some you buy some and you just toss them in like deodorants or okay great so yeah i think that's not in bulk no it's just every time that she ends up needing that there's probably sunglasses from all different places of of just truck stops and convenience stores sunglasses they're not great but they will do in a to pinch. get the job done. Well, I also yeah. feel like with Val's style, like I'm imagining like reflective aviator type situation, or what's mm-hmm. what's the, yeah, yeah, I mean, either that get or those just anywhere. the blackout, yeah, either yeah, or, yeah, yeah, whichever. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> truck stops were built more so for that than for trucks to stop. I think so. You're, I think you're, so. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're in good shape. Um, amazing. So, um, you know, I think as as a, a as a career cop, um, you also notice some of the things we talked about with Evangeline and. Uh, mm-hmm. With Doris uh, noticing kind of like the the tone of uh, of um, New Haven, um, you're not in uh, the Gangrel quarter, so Kane Raziel stuff is like less prevalent. Um, but there's still you know probably a couple signs up in windows and that sort of thing. Also, having just mm-hmm. had the conversation, your radar would be exactly extra yeah. lively on that. Um, but again, like the 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 town is still reeling from everything that's just happened. Um, and you're all dealing with that at a very high level, but everyone else is dealing with it in a bit of a, like a murder in this small town that would never happen. What are you talking about? Way. And you know, they're just like two weeks from a CBC investigative podcast, just dealing with it. Um, so <laughs> everyone's kind of dealing with their own way. Um, that said, when you um, pull up 
uh, to uh, the police station, um, you actually see um, a uh, there's some unfamiliar vehicles um, that have pulled up. Uh, they seem to be a collection uh, that I think immediately catch your eye of like fancy older cars. Um, okay. So uh, the kind of things that like uh, just like like not classic muscle cars by any stretch, but just like classic cars in kind of their own weird mid-breed um think a little bit like uh, tommy lee jones uh car in men in black like just like classic classic um well taken care of vehicles um and uh they're kind of parked haphazardly in the parking lot um okay. which is uh a little bit odd um again just like things that are out of place i think probably stick out for you uh, in a pretty serious way um, what do you think your immediate reaction to seeing this is? Is this just kind of like a, the problem will be inside or would you be concerned about what's going on outside? She would look at what's going on outside. I think she would pull her, the car around once around the whole building just to scope it all out and then find a place to park that would probably be safer on the side. But scoping it out first, very paranoid now of just anything being different because everything has been so awful. Yeah, yeah, totally fair. Um, okay, so can you roll me, please? Uh, let's go investigation and I guess Rose. Uh, hmm. I don't know. What, what do you think of the three uh, attributes? What do you think Val? Where does Val live? Would this be an intelligence for you? I don't know that it's well. It could be wits. Like give me your wits about you. It could be resolve. I would probably I, lean wits myself, but what, what are you feeling? I'm thinking resolve. I feel like that is where she lives mostly. It's not as much figuring stuff out as it is kind of a gut reaction of okay. just yep. this needs to get done. Right. So investigation and resolve. Yes, please. Oh, <laughs> rolled garbage and failed all of it. Okay. That's fine. Um, you, you pull around the police station and um, mm. aside from what you see in the parking lot, uh, you don't see anything that untoward. Um, yeah. That said, again, I think like it's been a hell of a couple days. Um, your your head and heart aren't entirely in it. This is really like sweep around to make sure there's no like fucking children of Lilith waiting to blow up. That is true. The world. There's nothing um, to shoot. Then apparently that's what that's all <laughs> Val gets out of this. No, nothing yeah. needs shooting right now. <laughs> and uh, Claire, in terms of Doris's attic, um, do you have like? At night, do you think Doris would, like, do you have shutters you would keep open, or is it like a keep everything closed, feeling safer, just kind of with everything battened down? I don't think she would keep any windows open. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense to it's me, too. It's cozier that way. <laughs> uh, okay, amazing. So you don't see Val um, circling the uh, circling the, the station, but that's totally fine because it also it's not dramatic information that, oh, no, Cherry is here. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Um, so, uh, Val, you do uh, one lap. Uh, you don't see anything of, of tremendous import. So you pull back around front, mm. um, and uh, you enter uh, the police station. Um you enter to um, uh, kind of an odd scene. Um, there is uh, a uh, a man wearing uh, all Lululemon, um, so just like yoga, very comfortable yoga gear, um, uh, and uh, flip flops, uh, which again is like an odd choice uh, for Alberta in general. Um, sitting there, just like aggressively dinging the bell. Uh, at, at the front of the police station, which I think like 
based on who you are, Val, I imagine like you have considered breaking this bell or the people who touch it on many occasions. <laughs> like this isn't you're not a fucking fast order counter. Um mm-hmm. But um, given how tired uh, the day shift is and given that the entire night shift has been compromised, um, the place is desperately, desperately under, uh, yeah. under-resourced right now. Um, and sure enough, uh, out of the back, um, just dragging his, his, poor, uh, his poor tired self, um, Troy comes around um, just like with, a, with Red Bull in one hand and a monster energy in the other. Um, he is barely wearing his uniform. Uh, like it's just, things are tucked in badly. Like you can see like some of his like tidy whitey, just like sticking up over his band. Um, his belt is like there, but it's over top of his pants. It's not really doing anything. Um, and he just, uh, comes out sort of raising a hand. He puts down one of the cans. He says, uh, yeah, one, one minute, one minute. I'll be, I'll be there. One minute, please, please stop ringing, please. Um, and, uh, Val, the, uh, the, the guy in uh, the stretchy pants uh, turns to a couple of his companions. He's got a couple of people with him. And they are all standing there uh, with luggage, uh, seeming like generally inconvenienced. Like, this feels like a hotel lobby situation, but for some <clears throat> reason it's happening in the police station. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you respond uh, to this? Val would walk up to the bell that even if that person has stopped ringing it, it still has that, like, beep. She yeah, puts yeah, her yeah. hand on it to make it stop, just like the clunk. And then turns to the people and says, what the fuck do you want? Um, <laughs> and uh, the the two beside stretchy pants turn and uh, like, again, it's, it's you're getting like family, frustrated family vacation or like frustrated corporate people at a retreat vibe. Um, and uh, the, the yoga guy turns, he's got kind of long shoulder length hair. He's wearing a scarf. Um, kind of scraggly beard. Think like Jared Leto um, in his band. So like not when he's in a movie pretending to be, you know, <laughs> Juggalo yeah. Joker or anything, but like very much like a, a 30 seconds to Mars Jared Leto. Uh, turns around. Um, he's wearing red sunglasses, which irk you also because like there's only two colors. What are you doing? Um, and he pulls them down uh, off the, the bridge of his nose um, and just shoots you a winning grin, which has obviously no effect on you, but uh, might on people who are uh, influenced by such things. Uh, you can see his fangs, uh, so clearly kindred. Um, and uh, he just sort of smiles and says, ah, finally, some help. Wonderful. I was wondering if there was any service here. I'm here to announce something very special. Hold your breath. The pyramid is here. And then he hands you his suitcase. Hi, friends. It's Ryan here. And I am excited to invite you to join the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon. It's a great way for you to help our team keep creating shows that you love. And it's a cool opportunity for you to get neat things, too. At the $1 level, we have a Patreon-exclusive Discord, so you can chat with other listeners and our cast in spoiler and non-spoiler channels so anyone can tag in. At the $5 level, we offer ad-free feeds for a bunch of our shows, so you won't have to hear us advertising our Patreon anymore. At $15, you get to submit names for NPCs, places, and things that we have to use in the shows. And we also have a Tips, Tricks, and Traps video where you can submit questions that our GMs and DMs, myself and Tom, will answer for you. And at $25, you can create your own NPC to join one of our active shows and get a special thank you at the end of every episode we produce. We've got a bunch of tiers where you can join, so please head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. 
patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Please help support us, and we'll keep new episodes coming. Meanwhile, uh, upstairs, um, Doris, uh, I don't think you, my guess is that you don't have, like, there's no bell connection up here. Like, if someone rings the doorbell, like, you don't want anything. Oh. Um, so, uh, what do you think? Uh, so you're, you've been working on your spider potion. Um, obviously you've, you've made a new quote, quote friend, uh, who, who left in tears. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you've managed to dodge several warnings about the pyramid, um, which is a, uh, a bit of a concern for you, but not at present. Um, what do you think you're up to now? Now you've kind of got your potions brewing. You, you've had some time to settle, What's what's next in kind of your getting your equilibrium back uh, phase? Um, yeah, ideally, she'd like to finish her potion uh, by in the next little while, and um, yeah, I think she would do some weird form of meditation mm. uh, that, like, maybe involves you know, like hanging upside down or something. And seeing what visions come to her mm. uh, in when all the blood rushes to her head. Um, yeah. Okay. I like that a lot. Uh, that actually ties into something I wanted to touch on uh, anyway. So Great. I'm going to save that for next episode, I think. Cool. But um, we'll say that enough time has passed. I think that your potion is complete. You're doing this under no duress. Mm-hmm. Um You've got all the resources you need, uh, friendly spiders, you know, the whole deal. So I think it's safe to say that, you know, potion making goes well. Also, honestly, I mean, like I know when I'm stressed, I cook. Um, mm. And I feel like potion making might kind of be one of those things for Doris. It's just like, a, ah, it's been a weird few days. Like you're kind of back in your element. So I don't see any reason why you would run into any problems with the potion. So I think yeah. potion brewing will like successfully, you know, it's, it's percolating, but uh, it'll be done soon. Okay, cool. Um, so in terms of your hanging from the ceiling, is this a, like, hang upside down? Is this something you've, like, set up regularly? Is this just what she decided? Like, is this your regular, uh, I think she hangs, I think she hangs from the, like, the little, like, the, there's a light that's Mm -hmm. shaped like a chandelier, um, that hangs from the center of the room. And I think she somehow manages to always just, like, propel herself up onto it and hangs from it, like, in the middle of the room, like a weird bat. (laughs) She probably holds crystals in her hands. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. Like rose quartz or something that match her sparkly pink nails. Um, and yeah. And uh, so I think she would, she would do that and just meditate on the card, the temperance card that Marjorie drew for her and seeing if she can get any uh, feelings mm-hmm. about the next little while. Okay, Great. Um, Claire, can you please roll me a, I'd be inclined to say you could go occult, you could go awareness. Okay. Uh, or you could go insight, I think would be the three I would recommend for that. Oh, I'll do occult. Occult, great. And then I think meditation's an odd one, eh? Um, maybe hmm. composure. Yeah. 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 That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Right. All right, so that's six dice. One. Oh no! Oh my God! There's so many ones. Oh dear. Um, 
Uh, that's yeah. That's that's one success out of six. Uh, okay. And may I ask, of the ones, I you, do you don't have any hunger left because you 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 chowed no, down. I don't have okay. any hunger. I... So no no messy successy or uh, sorry bestial, bestial failure. Bestial failure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just 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 regular. Um, okay. So I think what we'll say here, Claire, is I think. Um, I have a hard time believing that like someone who wants to meditate would fail to meditate, but I think instead we'll say with a role uh, with that role that you don't have as much control about like I'm going to meditate specifically on my card. We've talked a lot, uh, or you've, you've described how um, snippets of things will just kind of come to Doris of of her past life and and you know all the adventures she's had. Uh, so I think maybe the best way to think of this this role is like. How able are you to kind of almost lucid dream as opposed to just like, uh-oh, here come all the images again. Yeah. Um, so I think you still get the the sort of benefit of the meditation, but there's there's going to be some weird stuff uh, mixed in, which we will get to shortly. Um, there's also the weird smell of probably the guy, like the guy who uh, just left my room. I have to clean out the <laughs> trunk. So. Probably. And, and I, yeah, 100%. I, mean, I feel like that could like throw off the vibe pretty hard i mean the crystals will help but he was in there for a long time uh out of curiosity claire do you think that's something you would do or something you'd have troy do <laughs> oh troy a thousand percent <laughs> she's like five foot two she's not gonna well i mean uh, yeah she's not about to lug a a chest containing a dirty human waste out of there yeah, I love that. Um, all right, so yeah, just as you're you're about to hit Nirvana, you just get a whiff of like three yeah, day Claire, body stench. Uh, I, I feel like Doris probably too, like in her lifetime, having like lived through like 17th and 18th centuries and stuff, has probably cleaned out enough human shit to last many lifetimes. That's like th- this train of thought that I'm about to go on is a little like dum dums and dragon's eve but like do vampires like pass waste because if not like when was the last time doris would have fucking even seen yeah. shit it would have been <laughs> fucking awful i mean the last time she killed a person <laughs> yeah. yeah last time they shit their pants yeah. upon their their life expiring and just all muscles relaxing and their bowels evacuating yeah yeah, yeah. I think there must also be some frustration in like we got out of the stinky times like yeah. there were stinky times we we got yeah. over that like we learned what causes the stink, so we just started bathing. Like we don't need to go back to this. Um, I just have to make sure that my children don't eat it. <laughs> also, very fair. Yeah, there's just cats eyeing the box. <laughs> Perhaps for me. Um, so with uh, with your children uh, staring at at the 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 the, the damned excrement of the crate. Um, with uh, Everett uh, and and Emily uh, deep in the woods, uh, catching up on on what's befallen both of them, uh, with Evangeline sitting in the shower like Tobias Funke, uh, <laughs> failing to get an audition, just trying to recover, and uh, Val being handed a suitcase as the help at the police station, uh, the pyramid, uh, the Tremere pyramid has arrived in New Haven. And oh man, that's bad news for just about everyone. 
This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.